0: and prevention, full disk encryption, file server security, and cloud-based console.
2: In me, that love I've been created for, as the sun shines.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode sixty-two of the Awakened Soul. We have a very interesting show plan for you guys today. We uh, have an extended in the mind of hay segment. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tease yet what we're what we're discussing there, but it's gonna it's gonna get pretty deep. We also have the return. Of Shawnees, as she does every week with her unpopular opinion. Jerry Roberts does come through the building as well, um, dropping some petty news. And then uh, the the meat and potatoes of this episode, the, the, the main event, so to say, is a discussion on the immigrant family crisis. Um, so, yeah, we got a we got a pretty deep show. Uh, playing for you guys this week. Uh, Before we get started, I want to plug all of our social media. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow the Awakened Soul podcast itself at Awakened Soul Pod um, or at The Awakened Soul Pod. just depends on where you look for us at. (laughs) And then uh, you can also contact us with any feedback questions comments concerns the awaken soap pod at gmail.com uh so we're going to get into a little bit more music on the other side of that we're going to hop into my crazy crazy dark and twisted mind um this week not so twisted not so dark um but we definitely have a great discussion there but nonetheless uh we're going to get into this music, and I will see you guys on the other side.
2: Patience, new beginners coming. Niggas been had drive, had to get the engine running. You either die chasing dreams or you going to live for nothing. Shit, nigga, I get murdered for I not make it. Niggas told me spots taken. Nigga, there's reason, word to Liam Neeson. If it's taken once, it could get taken twice. Don't ever think they love you, that's some great advice. So if you ain't used to pay attention, got to pay the price. So just a year ago, nigga, I was hating life. Eight to five working for master, I slave through it nights crying to be like i hate music now my shows sell out like ray lewis who was reason nigga nigga i'm the thin line humble nigga that think he big time i walk in contradiction all but admit mine
3: all right so i said at the top that this week's edition of uh in the minor haze may be a little bit extended and that is because uh this kanye west interview on jimmy kimmel left a lot my mind like just watching this whole the entirety of this interview uh, there was a lot said here that you know i wouldn't say necessarily triggered me but it did leave me uh with a lot to discuss um so first we're gonna um address right now first um so this this is what you will mainly hear from this interview
4: there are families being torn apart At the border of this country, there are are literally families being torn apart as a result of what this president is doing. And I think that, you know, we cannot forget that whether we like his personality or or not, his actions are really what what matter. I mean, you so famously and so powerfully said George Bush doesn't care about black people. It makes me wonder what makes you think that Donald Trump does or any people at all. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back.
3: And so, yeah, that's the clip that you're mainly going to hear. And while I'm going to uh, not call it clickbait per se, because I don't feel like it's clickbait, I think that that's the perfect teaser if you want to come and get someone to come and watch the rest of the interview and open up dialogue pieces. If you just want to draw people into the interview, that was the perfect clip for that. Um, so I I don't really call it clickbait in that sense. Um, he never got a chance uh, to really answer his question on if he ca- thinks Trump cares about people. Uh, they went to commercial break. They came back. They did get into more conversation. Um, we're not going to talk about the separating of families right now, because we actually talk about that later on in the episode. But um, so that, that of course was the, the clip. That was what was, the, the next morning. That's what you saw everywhere. That's what mainly people were retweeting and posting. And I've said this before. I think that, um, a lot of times it stops there and people don't go and watch the, the, the rest of the interview. They don't go and watch, uh, for example, the TMZ thing like there were people who just thought that they knew the whole tone of that interview based off just the clip that was that was spread out about him talking about um, slavery being a choice um, and not to say that, that it made those comments any any less valid but they just didn't watch the rest of the interview I hope that people are watching this more we're going to break down some of the stuff in it but I wanted to play because of course that's a clip that everyone hears and Kanye has since said he never truly got a, a chance to answer that question um he he called a clickbait but he more so highlighted that it was the fact that two people on opposite sides were able to have an open discussion and conversation and you know that's what I like to say that we do great here at The Awakened Soul um but we're going to actually get into some of his comments with uh, his supporter of Trump uh, next, and then uh, we're going to keep discussing it. So here's here's another clip from the Kanye interview.
5: Everyone around me tried to pick my candidate for me mm-hmm. and then told me every time I said I like Trump that I couldn't say it out loud or my career would be over, I'd get kicked out the black community because blacks are, we're supposed to have a monolithic thought. We can only like, we can only be Democrats and all. So um, it, even when I said it right before I went to the hospital and I expressed myself, and when I came out, I had lost my confidence. So I didn't have the, the confidence to take on the world and the possible backlash. And it took me a year and a half to have the confidence to stand up and put on the hat no matter what the consequences were. And what it represented to me is not about policies and because I'm, I'm not a politician like that, but it, represent, it represented overcoming fear and doing what you felt no matter what anyone said and saying, you can't bully me. Liberals can't bully me. News can't bully me. The hip-hop community, they can't bully me. Because at that point, if I'm afraid to be me, I'm no longer yay. That's what makes yay. And I actually quite i quite enjoy when people uh, actually are mad at me about certain things. You no, must I, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I actually quite enjoy it. Because your wife was mad.
3: And if, it's funny. A lot of what Kanye said there uh, goes back to kind of my discussion last week on how... Uh, we we want celebrities. We want these people to use their platform to discuss things that are deeper. We, we want them to discuss issues. We want them to have thoughts. Um, And we look at some people, not not me personally, but some people look to, to them to be the ones to call out injustices. Um, but we want them to have that platform. But a lot of people want them to use their platform in in the way that they, what they want to see the celebrities do, and uh, Point Dexter had a great tweet that he says that they want to see people want to see their opinions come out of other people's mouths, and a lot of what Kanye West said there, um, I do agree with. I agree with him saying uh, that that as a people, uh, us us black people, we kind of act like we should all have the same thought. Or we should all move the same way. Like, how many times do you hear the phrase? Oh, well, he's not black anymore used like like being black has to be one overall thing or thought. Um, and I, so I agree with that very much. So now the, the Trump support, that's a different thing. I, I, I'm just talking about that thought, that action, as if as as if just because we're black are are we have a preordained set of thoughts or opinions that we are allowed to have. Um, And I and I love the fact that he said that now, granted, um, we all know the issues that that we have with President Trump. We all know. um, And again, I'm trying to steer away from talking about the the separation of families and and that because we do have that in another segment. Um, So, again, but what I'm saying is, is while I agree I disagree with a lot of Kanye's uh, political leanings and his and his thoughts. I I agree with the fact that us as, as black people don't have to me, doesn't have to mean that we have one thing. Um, and it doesn't have to mean that all of a sudden now, like you're not black, or you get disowned uh, just because you have a, a, a thought that maybe the, the, the mass black population doesn't agree with. The fact is, is that as I said before, let's stop. <laughs> let's stop shying away from our our differences. Like that's where the conversation piece needs to happen. That's where we need to have the dialogue. That's where we need to be educating. Um, and I and I've personally said before how I have that. I have a, a strong hate for that thing where people are all of a sudden like, hey, now, oh, he has that thought. He's not black. He can't be black. Like, let's stop turning on our own people in that way. Um, but Uh, as far as, you know, like I said, we're not, we're not necessarily going to talk about just the Trump support there. I I wanted to piggyback off that thought because I loved uh, that, that, that thought that he had in that interview. Um, And and like I said, here we're not going to be able to play the whole interview. I, I really want everyone to go and listen to this or watch, listen, however you decide to, to, to get, get it. But to this whole thing, um, we are going to uh, play another clip from it because I have a, a couple more thoughts. And you know, like I said, this is extended version or edition of, of the mind haze. But we're gonna we're gonna get into into this interview and a lot of what Kanye said. And and the clip speaks for itself.
5: I feel like you avoided this. Album oh, title. yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I I mean don't what avoid it, it, it says right here on the, on the I hate panel.
4: being bipolar. It's awesome. I have a theory yeah. about you, so tell me yeah. if you, if this is correct. Mm-hmm. I feel like you. Um, feel like being bipolar is part of what makes you brilliant, part of what makes you you, and you embrace it.
5: The funny thing is, this is something I was like on the internet before. It's kind of, it was kind of funny, but by it's not an opposite. It's not. I hate being bipolar. It's awesome. It's actually, it drives more of how you really feel. It doesn't do an opposite thing. So I think it's important for us to have conversations about. You know, open conversations about mental health, uh, especially with me being black, because we never had therapists in the black community. We never approached, like, taking medication. And I I think it's good that when I had my first complete blackout at age five, my mom didn't fully medicate me because I might have never been yay. And there's times where Mm -hmm. at least I'm happy that I know. Like, even, like, for this interview, I knew I wanted to stay in a calm state because... By the time I got to TMZ, I was ramped up. So what was awesome is that the world got to really experience someone in a ramped up state. And that's when you get these comments that just shoot out, like almost like Tourette's. Because you, you have highs and lows. And when you have a high, you're on a roll. And when you have a low, you're well, not. Well, there's some cases of bipolar where people go low. I'm, I'm one that uh, goes high, I like like Michelle Obama said. So like, you don't high. have extreme periods of, <laughs> of depression? Oh, no. No. Oh. No, because I just say it. I'll say it on real TV, like, oh, I thought about killing," myself, and then the thought is gone, you know? <laughs> wow. So all people need to do is get on TV. That's really the solution. <laughs> <laughs> well, they need to be able to express themselves without fear of judgment. What I love telling people is, like, who do you know? And you know, let's go especially black men, but, you know, I'm 41 years old, and I don't know anyone you know, that up as much as I have, that's still <laughs> as successful. Uh-huh. So I want to prove that you can get fat, you can say the wrong things, you and can you piss a whole And city you can off. be president of the United States.
3: And that was Kanye West discussing uh, how he views bipolar and how it affects him. And I think that, you know, having those type of conversations out in public is huge. And you know, the, the movement in discussing mental health, uh, in, in the black community, while it's been, uh, so ignored for so long or such a thing that, that people don't want to admit or really discuss. And I think that it's good, um, that those conversations are happening now. You have someone of Kanye West's status, um, discussing bipolarism and his views, and his views on, that. I think that that's huge. And, uh, I, I think that sometimes, because Kanye does do a lot of craziness that, um, those type of issues or those type of, of topics do get missed because everyone wants to talk and wants to know about the Trump support and the MAGA hat and the, and the slavery comments that we forget that, uh, you know, this is, this is a man who, who says that being bipolar is his superpower. Um, so I, I just, I think that it's important and, you know, like I said in this interview left me with so much just on my mind like it's the ups and downs so it it was so uh woven in uh in and out of out of, out of this interview um but yeah but yeah so it, you know him him saying how he he doesn't have those low lows because he he just gets those thoughts out and he moves on now I'm not sure that that gonna work for everyone who suffers from from the bipolar disorder. But like I said, just ha- having those type of conversations out there is always gonna be good um, on those type of subjects. Uh, so yeah, that those are my thoughts on the, on the bipolar section of that. We're gonna get into another clip from the show.
5: Dean, there you with the kids? Oh, they they're very very cute. Yeah, my daughter went to a fashion camp for five days a couple of weeks ago, and I visited her. Visited her, and we put together we put the thread through the sewing machine. And it really brought me to tears to think about the 15 years that I've been working on apparel and for my friend Virgil to be the head of Louis Vuitton and for me to have this, you know, $1.8 billion company out of, uh, you know, a thread going through. And she, she, my daughter asked me, Daddy, do you have a sewing machine? sewing machine like this at your office? And I brought her to my office, and she did a bunch of sketches. And um, my head pattern cutter made her dresses right there, really, uh, for her. So she loves coming to the office and doing sketches. Boy, that's so much more fun than my dad's office.
3: You know, and I wanted to share that clip um, because we we've been talking about some pretty heavy topics, and it was just something that brings back the fact that this it's it's still a man in there. Like regardless of how you look at Kanye, um, you know, as someone who who's a father. Like I, I love hearing about those type of moments. I love sharing those type of moments. Uh, like I said, this interview had its huge ups and huge downs and him sharing that story, um, with his daughter, you know, I, I love having my kids in the Awakened soul. so, so it's like, um, that really spoke to me. Um, And just left me with, like, regardless of the differences, the bipolar, the political support, um, there's just a a guy in there who's just trying to figure it out. Um, And that's what I stress home a lot about uh, these celebrities. I think that some people hold them in such high regard and a high status that we forget that it's just a person in there. Like overall, it's just a person in there um, who's just as flawed as us who is just as much trying to figure it out, who uh, is just as much conflicted uh, as well. And um, I think that sometimes we we take that their status and we forget that they're humans as well. Um, so, yeah, and uh, we're going to we're going to end it with just one more clip and then uh, we're going to get into something else. Thanks for sticking with me through this uh, extended In the Mind of Hayes.
4: You put out five other albums with other artists that you produced at basically within, like, what, like a, a month-long period mm-hmm. of time. That's a ton of work. Are you, like, a, are you a workaholic? Are you always working?
5: No, I actually slept a lot during the project. <laughs> <laughs> While they were recording? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I have a team, and we work together. I spent a year and a half after I got out of the hospital, uh, and I would go to Amoeba record store, and i just start chopping up samples. And it was very therapeutic because... I wasn't full yay. I don't know if I'm full yay now, a better or worse, whatever. But it was therapeutic just to listen to those songs and sample and go back to being 14 years old in my mom's house. And by the time it was time to to put the albums out, we have a a whole team at Yeezy Sound that will help come and do the drums, help with lyrics, help with choruses. And I'd give like six, seven people ideas that I want on the song and I just go to sleep and just wait from that <laughs> you gotta <laughs> get what, a lot you're of working
4: sleep. while you sleep that's a hard I worker right have there. I have to
3: get it a- all right and this is where I wish my brother from oversaturated in the breaks Johnny was here because <laughs> as many conversations as we had as it seemed like uh, some of the good music releases were kind of lazy thrown together last minute uh to hear that he kind of pushed autopilot on producing albums like that that's that's basically what that was that he was saying, right? Like, can we all agree to that? He basically has found a way to push autopilot and the albums, like, have, like, it's, that's just a, and I'm sure that that's probably common, but to hear him say it and to know how much of a perfectionist Kanye is and to hear him say, no, he actually slept, slept a lot. And especially considering the release of Tiana Taylor's album and how that rollout just was horrible. That kind of bothered me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Um... But you know that's just me, man. It's, it's I, I I can't wait to Johnny uh, hears this. I let me know what you guys think. You know, again, you know where to find me on Twitter. The conversations either happening at at Awakened Soul Pot or at CEO Hayes. Man, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on hearing Kanye just talk about album uh, producing albums in this way because it it kind of it kind of took me uh, by a little bit of surprise because I just had it. I had it in my mind that Kanye was like this guy who like sits there and he's sitting down in the studio or at his computer and he's just working, 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 working on these albums and being a perfectionist and saying, no, let's, let's re record this part. Let me remaster this part. And just by the sound of what he said, it kind of sounds like, oh, no, you know, I, I, I kind of set the framework. Uh, I have this team that, that does a lot. That's the perfect comparison to it. The way that we talk about Drake. And his team of writers and how they they cook up stuff for him. It sounds like Kanye has a producing um equivalent to that. At least that's my that's my take on it. All right. This has been enough of in my crazy and dark twisted mind. Like I said, I just wanted to um break down this interview a little bit because I felt like there's a there was a lot in this. And even like even I, like in this podcast, those were just clips. I can't stress enough. Go and watch this full interview. I know a lot of people are boycotting Kanye. I understand that. Um, But you know how I feel about boycotts. We're not going to rehash that. We are getting ready to get into uh, the unpopular opinion. What is becoming... uh, one of a lot of people's favorite parts of the Awakened Soul, like Billy Ray Valentine, someone who is like my brother, like that, that guy, I look up to the guy like crazy. Me and him talk all the time. And on the anniversary show to say that the unpopular opinion was his favorite part of the awakened soul right now. It says a lot. Like, I know a lot of you may not listen to his podcast because he, he does a conspiracy theory uh, thing, but, um, the guy knows entertainment. He knows podcasting, all that good stuff. Um, so when he said that it was like uh yeah it's it's good Shanice is amazing man and uh i'm not jealous at uh maybe a little bit maybe maybe a little um but no we're gonna get into my sister segment man and i'll see you guys on the other side
2: Hey y'all, reporting live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Yes, I said Knoxville, Tennessee. For you loyal listeners, you know that I am not from here. I actually live in Charlotte and I'm from New York City. Um, but I decided that I was going to take a trip to Knoxville. Took me about four hours to get here. And that leads into my unpopular opinion this week. So without going too deeply into it, I, this was not the plan to come to Knoxville, Tennessee, um, today, but I sat and I thought and I said, Shawnese, you have been letting a lot of people decide your movements and how to, you know, break up your time. And it's not, it's not leading you anywhere. Where you're gaining new experiences, you know, where the, you know, your family is telling you to do things or, you know, they're expecting for you to do things or your friends or demanding your time elsewhere. None of these things are adding to your goal, your overall goal in life to collect experiences. You're kind of just floating around doing what everybody else wants you to do. So my popular opinion that I want to share with you guys is that it is not Selfish. To be selfish. And I know that sounds confusing. But it is not selfish or it is not a bad thing or it is not you know seen as you know you're only for self if you take time and you make decisions for yourself um, a lot of the times growing up I made decisions that no one else wanted wanted me to make but I was like this is what I want to do this is my life you have to remember that like this is your life so I decided got up early got in the car got some gas and just drove to Knoxville listened to some podcasts on the way and you know my family has asked like Hey, what you doing? I'm in Knoxville today Like, what are you doing there? I chose to do what I wanted to do So for you listeners It may be unpopular to think that You know, you have to do for yourself And do what you want whenever you want And you know, that people make us feel Terrible for things like that But I want you to know That it is not selfish to be selfish I left the nigga on red Cause I felt like it Took me down and LRA jacket I look fine and my chicks to find no wonder wonder why I do whatever I like I do what I like I do 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 Well
3: well well um Shanique's just out here doing what the fuck she do which I couldn't agree with more. Uh, life is too short not to do what the hell you want to do with your life. Um, I always say that as long as you're not hurting anyone else intentionally, then do what the fuck you want to do, man. Um, but nonetheless, listen, You, I need you guys to interact with Shanice just a little bit more. Because what she's doing each and every week is like, is basically she's calling a lot of people out like... Uh, She's she's making you challenging you to change your way of thinking. And I, I just I can't say enough how much I appreciate her just joining uh the Awakened Soul and what she does. But uh it's, it's 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 time. Unfortunately, we have to get away from the good and positive and doing what the fuck you want to do. Well, no, these these people usually in this segment do what the fuck they want to do. But unfortunately, they're just complete and utter idiots while they do it we have to get into this week's stupid idiot of the week we're going to get into the intro music for that on the other side you guys know what i'm going to do i'm going to give you some stupid idiots general fuckery um but yeah so uh music for that's going to start now i'll see you guys on the other side
6: So dumb, you are really dumb
3: for real. All right, so this week we are going to go back to New Jersey, where our stupid idiot of the week last week came from. New Jersey's just a wonderful, wonderful state, uh, aka the armpit of America. Shout out to Andrew Bello, New Jersey representative. Even though I don't think he lives in Jersey anymore, but nonetheless, there was a TV crew. Uh, that was filming in New Jersey. And they decided that the Newark Liberty international airport would be a good place to bring in fake explosives. Yes. Fake explosives in, into uh, the airport. Of course, TSA caught them, uh, before they can make it too far. Uh, the device was in a carry on bag that was specifically designed, uh, to hide uh the, the explosives again the, the the crew did bring in fake, fake 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 explosives and if I can talk I apologize um and the uh the film crew said that their plans were to create a fake mass panic to then record how security um reacted to this what <laughs>
0: What a idiot!
3: Now, the show that they were filming for is called the Staten Island Hustle, um, which was just picked up by CNBC. Um, so, how does this affect uh, the show going forward? I don't know. And if if NBC uh, gave the green light for them to go ahead and try to do this, uh, NBC definitely deserves the Stupid Idiot of the Week as well. But uh, for bringing in a fake explosive with the intent of causing a mass panic but then hiding it all under the guise of a reality tv show and it's all fun and games uh yes the staten island hustle people you definitely get the stupid idiot of the week but this next stupid idiot of the week comes from uh the political sector and that is melissa howard who is running for a republican nomination for the florida house seat who has been discovered after saying that she has received a bachelor's degree from the University of Miami in Ohio, my wonderful state, um, there were questions raised on if her degree was actually legit. Howard then said that her degree was in her mother's closet, but she flew out to the university to take a picture uh, with the diploma saying that she went and got a copy of her degree. But questions were raised, uh, if that was actually legit. So what she did is she, uh, she went and got a, or shared a copy of her transcript, um, and a copy of her degree with the Herald Tribune. But then the university of Miami's, uh, general counsel Robert Parker responded by saying, Melissa Marie Fox, date of birth, Twelve twenty five seventy one does not have a degree from Miami University. The picture of the diploma that was per- posted on the face on her Facebook page does not appear to be an accurate Miami University diploma. Then it turns out that the university in which she says she received a Bachelor of Science degree from does not even offer a a Bachelor of Science degree. Since this has come out, she has been uh, unreachable and has not made a single comment. So, ma'am, for lying uh, about your degree, you definitely get the
5: stupid
4: idiot.
3: All right. And for both of our stupid idiots of the week,
4: I didn't call you idiots. I called you stupid idiots.
3: We are now going to head into the petty news segment from Jerry Rubbers, a.k.a. Scoop Grady. This one's a doozy. I'll see you guys on the other side.
6: Hello, thank you for listening to Petty News. I am Jerry Rubbers and for Shizzle to the Rizzle. Do anybody still say that? First, I want to give a shout out to all my ladies on Section 8 and $400 food stamps. Y'all are the real MVP. Nicki Minaj drops a new album and everybody is talking about it. But if you listen to Barbie Dream, you will have confusions on if she's dissing him or cracking jokes. Nicki Minaj says that she cracked nothing but jokes on Barbie Dream and that all those people are her friends. Hmm. I don't know what kind of friendship she got with them, but if you're talking about me on a song in a disrespectful way, I gotta come at your ass like this. Your
2: album's garbage. I bought your shit, man. I to it, I in I and the
6: one thing that made me concerned about this song is that she called Drake a crybaby. Everybody that talks about Drake says that he's a crybaby. So I'm really concerned if this is true or not. I always said that Drake is the Keisha Cole of hip-hop. So he might have some feelings. Or should I say, in my feelings. (laughs) Next, multiple schools in South Carolina closed early because of Beyonce and Jay-Z concert? Beyonce and Jay-Z power can't be that damn good now. They cannot be this good. No, it was reported that due to Beyonce and Jay-Z concert, it will be a lot of traffic. And that they gave the students a half a day. Now, I got two things to say about this. Either the principal and teachers have traffic tickets or got warrants, or that they really want to go see Beyonce. Because that is the best excuse they can give to the parents to go see Jay-Z and Beyonce. My only thing is, can the students read? Can they write? Are they passing their classes? If they are, then hell, let them go to hell get a half a day. Half a day. Next, 22-year-old Reginald Wooden Jr. was arrested after trying to take his driver's license test in a car with a loaded gun, marijuana And $15,000. Now, I just want to know, did he pass the damn test? Because if he passed the test, I don't understand what the problem is. He had to go make a drug sale afterwards. And if they didn't come up with the money, you got to take him out. Smoke him. Get rid of him.
7: Drop the block, baby.
6: The instructor was aware that it smelled like marijuana in the car, and he alerted the police. So we still on this telling nonsense. I got to be honest. If he's not bothering you, he's just coming to take his test. Leave him alone. But that's my opinion. Next, USA Today stated that they are working on a marijuana breathalyzer aimed to detect high drivers without unjustly accusing. How the hell are they going to find out if the drivers are high or not? I just don't think this is going to work. I don't think it's going to work at all. This is going to put Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg out of business for sure. I got to be honest. I never heard of anybody getting in a car accident that was high. Hell, they drive so damn slow. I don't think this is going to pass. I just don't think it's going to pass at all. And that is all that we have for today, ladies and gentlemen. I am Jerry Rubbers with the Petty News. Don't be fooled, because we got the news. All right, so that was Jerry Rubbers with the Petty
3: News. Hopefully, you guys got a good la- good few laughs out of that. You no, know, it's been a pretty, I guess, heavy show. Um, we did mix it up with the Stupid Idiot and, of course, the Petty News from uh, the Great Scoop Grady. Shanice, as she always does, is holding you people accountable Um just telling everyone to to live their best life in in short um, do you but it's time to get into the stay woke segment for this week's episode uh, where we're going to talk a little bit about the family separation uh, what's going on with immigrant children Uh, we're going to get into the stay woke music and I will see you lovely people on the other side stay
1: woke stay woke stay woke stay woke stay woke stay woke
3: So, this week's Stay Woke segment is actually going to be discussing the family separation crisis, which I believe is our actual first time talking about this subject here on The Awakened Soul. So, this is new territory for us. Um, and I was actually surprised when I realized that we actually hadn't discussed this at all. Um, but we're going to actually start off uh, the Stay Woke segment with a clip and then we are gonna get right into the discussion.
7: And let me just say this, if this is gonna be called a great debate, Chris, my expectation would be that the other debater does not continue to repeat oneself in expectation for us to finally agree. The bottom line is this, this is not right, it is inhumane, and for Ivanka to say at first, this was a low point, and then to defend the policy means it, it in fact was not a low enough point. And all I'm saying to you is simply this, You can't say that I'm against separating families and then on the other breath say, but they shouldn't be coming here to begin with and they're going to be separated until they are deported and then their parents are deported without them. What do you say to the 463 families who have been or the 463 adults who've been deported without their children? How do you explain that? How do you justify that? How do you at all say that that is humane behavior? What is the explanation for that?
0: Jason? Well, uh, yeah, Chris, and I just uh, respond to what Angela said a moment ago. If we are going to call this the great debate, then don't put me on with someone who's just part of the, the open border crew uh, who just wants to essentially not have any border. First of all, let, let's, be the, uh, let's be very uh, so clear. Let's be very clear. I can't wait to search your Angela, genealogy and see
7: if you have any <laughs> illegal immigration in your family. Child. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. You've never once asked me if I'm for open borders. You've never once asked me that. And you don't want it I clearly, have the decency not clearly, to continue to repeat my Clearly, you don't want to enforce
0: our. Clearly, you don't want to enforce the, the border laws because that's why I've said that. Uh, no, I what I don't want to enforce is your president's nonsense. nonsense. That's what I
7: don't want to. Come on, man. You guys know that this policy is ass backwards, plain and simple. You guys know this policy is inhumane, plain and simple. Like, if you just take yourselves out of it for just a moment, take off the lenses of bigotry for just a moment, and imagine okay, so if this now, was now happening, getting, happening to the kids. Okay, so now we're getting into the name calling. Um yes, we are. I'm calling this okay, this process, great. this this procedure is absolutely based on bigotry and fear mongering. If you don't understand that your your president announced his campaign by talking my, about my building president? a wall to keep president, your president Angela. keeping he's the, he's no not mine, not United. mine. I'll never oh, I will never you, claim a bigot, ever. Are, are you ever. are you? Now are, let me are, just are finish are because Canadian? I know you're on, you, off on a red herring. I know Are you're off Canadian on a red citizen? hearing because you're losing the debate. So let me just finish this point for you. He started his campaign. Come on, you dude. Call, I'm, you not, call I'm not names screaming. At people. The only person that's rude is you right. because you're so afraid for me to get to the comma because the debate ends at the comma, dog. This is over. You have nothing to add except for asking me if I'm com- Canadian, and no, I'm not. I wish I could tell you where from Africa my ancestors came from, at least part of them, but I wouldn't know because the same bigots who are bringing, who are sending people back away from their children, are the ones who brought my ancestors here on. Well, a then, station. then where? Congratulations. I mean, if, he's, if
0: he's not, if he's not your president, then I mean, then who is your president?
7: <laughs> you want to well, stay on that point because well, it has nothing both, to do with Trump.
0: We both child know what Angela's point is. She and says she doesn't accept that. Trump's politics, but obviously, he's the president of the United States. Everybody knows that, and let's end this on one fact. We just heard from a senior HHS official that they told the Trump administration, if you do this, you're going to separate families and it's gonna be bad for kids, and they did it anyway. That's one of the facts that sheds light on what this has been about from the beginning. Jason, Angela, thank you very much. Try to have a smile sometimes.
3: All right, so what you heard there was Angela Rye and Jason Miller in a debate on uh, Kumo Live, or Kumo primetime. Um, and so after watching uh, this discussion, it just, it, it made me you know, think and, and look up and research the family separation crisis a little bit more myself. Um, and so far out of the 2,551 separated children, 559 are still apart from their parents. Now that is as of those stats, I believe were as of August 10th. So those are pretty recent um, statistics there. And just the latest in what's going on with this. So the Trump administration tried to pass off the responsibility of reuniting families onto the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, which then. Uh, I'm sorry, but they were actually the ones that sued the administration over the family separation in the first place. And so these children have um, been detained in these facilities because of the arbitration decided that um, their parents were ineligible, um, basically legal immigrants. And they made the decision to. Take away children, to separate those children from their families, which many of the parents have been deported and the children remain here. And you can imagine just the craziness that this caused and why it has been hard for some of these children to be reunited once these uh, parents go back to their country. But what I want to discuss is, um, is there precedent? Uh, has, has this separation of families been done before? So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Bush era um, in which the Department of Homeland Security found that family separations happened when a parent is criminally charged or if family shelters or facilities lack space. And in response to congressional pressure over separations, the department opened a family detention center in Texas to expand the capacity of of being able to hold these families together. Um, and let's talk about the Obama administration, uh, which dealt with the surge of, of migrants um, and primarily detained the families together in administration facilities or released them. And they also fa- faced uh. Backlash over the family detention policy. Um, Now, as far as what the law says about family separation, there are laws uh, governing how children are treated at the border. However, none mandate that the separation of parents and children under the floor statement, which is a 1997 legal agreement. There are limits on how long children can be detained and requirements that the government Releases them to parents, guardians or licensed facilities as quickly as possible and houses them at at least restrictive at in the least restrictive setting possible if that cannot happen immediately. And then also the uh, the Homeland Security Act of 2002 also adheres to the floor statement. And the anti-trafficking laws and also governs how children in the U.S. custody are cared for, including screening to determine which placement facility would be deemed least restrictive depending on any particular needs they may have. And so what the Trump administration has done with these previous policies is as characterized these as loopholes that are exploited by those seeking uh, to come into the U.S. and has issued a zero zero tolerance policy um, against this. And uh, Trump has suggested that the policy could be revoked if Congress passes the immigration bill. Um, So that's just the stats and kind of a through point of where you can see of of how this has been handled in the past and what separates this specific um, the specific separation um, policy and how it differs from what. Previous uh, presidents have done. Now, from May 19th to May 31st, there have there were one thousand nine hundred and ninety five children separated from their family. Of course, that that rose to over 2000, which I which I mentioned earlier, and about 600 of those children have still not been reunited with their families. And this brings about the question of uh, what. What should be done? I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have the answers. I'm not even going to get into that. I think that what you see in the reaction is that just the, the image or or the thought of having children ripped away from their parents um, and then detained. And, you know, even recently there was actually a, a worker at one of these detention facilities that was found to have molested one of the children. Um, So Overall, I just want wanted to talk about the subject. I wanted to get that conversation out for the awakened soul audience, and let me know what you guys think about it. Let me know where you guys stand on your thoughts on the family separation policy and act, and what's going on there. And because I don't have the answers, if anyone does have suggestions on what to do, but let's start this conversation. Let's get this higher in the in the eye. It's already in the public eye. Um, As I said, Melania Trump even originally. you know, had some issues with it herself and had uh, been reported to have had talks with Trump about repealing the act herself. She's, she's come out and not fully backtracked on it, but, uh, a little bit, um, which what do you expect to do? The public can come out and just disagree with her husband. Um, but still this is, I feel that it's completely inhumane. Um, I, I, you know, and And when you see the pictures of the kids, and again, me being a father, that is never something that's going to be easy. Um, But we have to... You know have these conversations and i wanted to do my part in getting out some of the statistics again i i I would be here all day uh talking if i if i gave every single one so definitely go out research this on your own um see what you come up with see see what you think about it and get back to me you guys know where you can find me that's at ceo hayes at the awakened soul pod uh at gmail.com, you know the usual places I plug it like three or four times over the course of this um it does seem like the pressure from uh, uh the government is is coming now for something to be done on this the White House as I said try to pass off uh, the the onus on whose responsibility it is to reunite these families let's get this together like let, let let's let's force them to do something about it it's It's ridiculous. And the responsibility is 100 percent on on the government to reunite these families because they are the ones who separated them. Um, But not while not the exact same topic, while we are on the topic of deportation and immigrants, um, I do want to talk about a situation that recently went down. And that is um, and that is in Washington, in a federal courtroom The judge heard or found out and learned that um, the government had deported an immigrant mother and daughter who are plaintiffs in a lawsuit. The judge was hearing over um, asylum restrictions, and this judge demanded that the administration turn around the plane, carrying the plaintiffs to Central America and bring them back to the United States. And then he ordered that the government stop removing plaintiffs in the case from the country who are seeking protection from gang and domestic violence. And he did something that really raised some eyebrows in a good way, at least in my opinion. And he said that that the order that they appear in court to show cause on why they should not be held in contempt of court. And this judge was Emmett Sullivan. Um, in the District of Columbia. And the plane, while not returned en route, the Department of Ham- Homeland Security did say that they would immediately be returned back to the United States. And it's things like this that are going to cause change, like people standing up and calling out for the bullshit. Um, and in this also, it came out that the government, in filing, stated that it has lost track of the deported parents of at least 26 of the 559 kids that are still there um so that's just again another added layer that is kind of aligned with this but not so as well but you know the whole deportation thing i just i definitely wanted to talk about it i i Just because of my schedule was not actually able to ask someone to guest on. Um, I just would like another uh, opinion on this and and have that dialogue. So we may be rehashing this conversation over the course of the next couple of episodes of The Awakened Soul. Um, So that that's the stay woke segment for today. That is actually it this time. Um, We are going to take a brief break. On the other side of that, we are going to end on a much lighter mood where I'm going to bring in my babies and we're going to talk just a little bit about the film Christopher Robin. all right Johnson girls how's it going good <laughs> so you know, you guys know we're here to discuss Christopher Robin, aka Winnie the Pooh. I mean, let's just be real. So before we get into it, I gotta, I gotta ask you guys, what is, what is your favorite part of going to see movies as a family?
1: Probably the pop
3: popcorn. Oh wow! What about you, Lala? My favorite thing is
1: that we're just
3: together. Oh. Okay. Okay. I respect that. My mom. <laughs> <talk> <laughs> do you guys always like it when i invite you on the podcast yes Yes. all right cool so we are here we're going to talk about the movie um so i mean just overall like how'd you guys feel about the movie what was your favorite part? your least favorite part alana i'm gonna let you go first
1: yes my favorite part is Pooh and tigger
3: tigger i i was disappointed by how how less or how Much uh, Tigger was not in the movie. What about you, Maya? But my
1: favorite part, Mm -hmm. probably when Christopher Robin turned around and then Winnie the Pooh said, "Christopher Robin."
3: (laughs) That's funny. Um, so I mean, you guys, and Lana, I know you used to love Pooh. You literally used to watch Pooh all day long when you when you were younger. Um, (laughs) the Baxin, the Baxin.
1: I love.
3: But all right, so um, okay, Lana. out of Piglet, Tigger, Eeyore, Al, Kanga, Roo, and Rabbit. Who's your favorite?
1: Tigger.
3: Tigger? Why Tigger? Because he never stops moving like you?
1: <laughs> and he loves to jump like me. <laughs> Let's bounce. Oh, we used so many catchphrases.
3: Oh, my God. You guys are hilarious. Um, <laughs> oh, man. did How would you guys think of, like, so it was a weird scene, Pooh, um, like, not in a cartoon like that? Like,
1: I mean... Not really, because similar to him, so I'm
3: fine. What is that? (sighs) Pray for me, people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Lana? Was it weird? That's good. So, did you, uh, did you, did you like the way Pooh looked? Didn't Tigger look old to you guys? No, he looked elderly.
1: No, he didn't. He looked like. I mean, he you should be saying of yourself. Shush! You of yourself. I mean, he didn't really. I mean, he looked old, but he didn't sound old. I mean, Winnie the Pooh sounded old, but he didn't look old. Because you're not listening.
3: Why do I do this to myself? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I just don't know. Um. <laughs> so the story of the movie about how christopher robin grew up and didn't really play with his daughter much and had to like i i don't want to i don't want to talk too high level because i know you guys i don't was it depressing
1: i mean yeah i agree with Maya. depressed
3: aren't you guys glad that you guys have parents that like to have fun with y'all yeah (laughs) yes I mean, I'm going to start just locking you up and just make you study all day.
1: No! Please, no! No, please, no!
3: No!
1: no, no. I don't like studying. It's annoying. I love studying, actually. You barely...
3: Anyway. Shh. Anyway. What, um... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, what did you guys... Um, what did you guys think about Christopher Robin's daughter, though?
1: And Dixie was very friendly. Maya? And playful. Yeah, what Lana said...
3: You think she was friendly and playful?
1: Yes, I mean, besides the fact that she had a <laughs> tennis rack in her hand, but yeah.
3: <laughs> so when Christopher Robin finally went into the Thousand Acre Wood with Winnie the Pooh and uh, found all his friends, did is that what you guys thought the the Thousand Acre Wood would look like?
1: Nope, I thought it would just have a whole bunch of acorns.
3: You and acorns. I love. I went. I went. I
1: thought. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was the same thing, but mine was thinking
3: like, Hmm. Piglet's my favorite, by the way.
1: I love
3: Winnie the
1: Pooh. <laughs> I'm the only one who loves chicken. I'm very depressed.
3: Whatever.
1: Do you even know what the word
3: is? Okay. <laughs> all right. So um, your your thoughts on the movie as a whole, what What did you think? Was it a great movie? Should all the families go see it? Or do you think it was just okay? I think,
1: I think all the families should see it Yeah, I they think, really want to. Yeah, I think all the families should see it because it was so perfect.
3: All right, so 1 out of one through 10, what's your rating for the movie? 10 being the best, 1 being the worst. Maya. No. Oh, wow. What about no. you, Lana?
1: Hey,
3: no. All right, people. All right, we're going to go ahead and sign off before they get a little too off track. Maya, school's about to start, so I need this from each one of you guys before we, we depart. What's the one goal you're setting for yourself before school starts?
1: Being very helpful.
3: Okay, well, that was Alana. All right, so Alana has a goal <laughs> of being helpful. What about you, Maya?
1: Hmm. I don't know. Try not to have some people fight me because I feel like that always happens in school.
3: That's because you like to fight.
1: I don't like to fight. I like to defend. Somebody wants to fight me, they can fight me. All
3: right. Well, before anybody hears this and uses this against uh, to take my kids away from me as bad parenting, we're going to go ahead and peace out (laughs) for the (laughs) night. All right, Lana. Lana and Amaya, tell the listeners The Awaken Soul, bye. Bye. All right. And that is the show. Um I want to thank my babies for coming on. I want to thank Scoop and Shanice. And you know, I meant to mention this on the anniversary show. So we are you no know, I'm always I always have guests. Um and we're going to we're going to up it. I'm I'm going to try to have a stretch where it's all first time guests and the next guest is actually going to be Alternative Facts Chicago, which I'm looking so forward to having them on the podcast. Those are my people, man. Um I respect them highly and I love their podcast, but this has been episode 62 of The Awakened Soul. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow the podcast at The Awakened Soul Pod or at Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on what social media platform you're on. Uh, make sure you check out our website, pod.com I believe that's it. Oh, our wonderful discussion group on Facebook, also The Awakened Soul. Just, if you search The Awakened Soul, we're sure to come up. Um, I want to ask everyone to send in uh, anyone who's listening to this, I, for next week, I need everyone to send in one email, um, about a topic that we have not covered that you would like the awakened soul to cover. You can even suggest one of your favorite other podcast hosts to come on and discuss that with me. You can su- suggest a previous host that, that can come on. Um, we also have a special episode dropping in the middle of this week, uh, hosted by Shanice and it's all, women panel um it's it's shanice it's badass jones it's cliche from dualistic just a group of dope women um and a great conversation i can't wait to release that one out you guys are gonna absolutely love it that's it for this week that's hayes signing off love each and every one of you guys peace
2: that's